0: Costa Rica, 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 Costa Rica. Hey, Phil's on. too. What's up, Phil? How you doing, man? David, I just added you. Yeah, my man. Oh, smooth as butter, dude. Smooth as butter. Woo! Man. Dude. Dude, you know what it is? It's my freaking iPhone, man. I'm telling you what, dude. Hold on a second. Let me just do something. My freaking iPhone, dude. I broke I broke the screen. So first time I've had iPhones for what however long iPhones been out. I dropped, I got was getting in the Uber the other day right in front of the house, man. I just the door hit my hand my it just fell right on a rock. I'm like, "Oh man, here we, dang it, man." First time, but I'm like, "You know, it's the first time like, a- th- this happens, man. You know, life happens, right?" And so, I get on Facebook cuz I remember like, "Oh, these guys will come to your office. They'll change the battery. You know, no problem. It costs, you know, even though it's expensive, it's 100,000 colones, whatever, you know, whatever. You, pay, you bite the bullet, dude. The guy, the dude comes to my house or comes to the office, right? I give him the phone. Doo, doo, doo. He's like, oh, the, 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 there are like two screws on the iPhone that you have to unscrew to release the screen, right? He stripped both of the screws, man. The dude had like the wrong screwdriver. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. I, dude, I am not kidding you. He's like, these screws are, these screws are stripped. And I'm like, dude, it's a brand new phone. What are you talking about, dude? It's less than a year old. I literally received it directly huh? from Apple. You think it came from the factory with stripped screws, dude? Both screws stripped. Okay. Maybe, maybe mine was the one in the fucking eight billion that was actually stripped. Dude, I was like, no way, dude. And I look at his like, toolkit. He's got like two screwdrivers. The dude's literally there with a, uh, like a switchblade knife like trying to undo the screw. I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? He's like, well, dude, it's a problem. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, all I'll do is I lift the screen up a little bit and there are two plastic notches. All I got to do is cut those notches. And he shows me the new screen. He's like, look, here are the plastic notches on here. It doesn't matter that I cut them on your screen because when I replace it, the new plastic notches are going to be right there. No problem. And I was like, whatever. Okay, you say so. Dude, total freaking Disaster at the end of like two and a half hours the guys got it all in pieces and I was like he's like I don't know I really, and I was like dude Fucking kidding me, and he was like I was like give me the fucking pieces man I get all the pieces and I go down and get it fixed down here Whatever they fix it, but the dude, you know who's fixing It's like dude that screw Now that he's screwed up like I, it's it's more dangerous for me to try to pull that screw out right And he's and so he's like, but I can put it back in because I was able to get the other screw out. He's like, but dude, look at the button. So the the home button, totally broken, man. He's like, dude, to replace that, he's like, you might as well just get a new phone. No, he's like, just get a new phone because it's like $400 or something to get a new phone. And I was like, are you kidding me? So now I'm working with, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm working with the home button as like a virtual button on the screen. I'm about to kill myself, man. I'm about to kill myself, dude. So
1: that's what you're using right now? I'm using
0: this piece wow. of crap right now, man. I mean, this is, a brand new, this is a $1,000 <laughs> phone a year ago, and it is now basically a piece of garbage that I'm going to have to go. I'm, well, luckily, we're going to the States next week, and I'm going to buy a brand new one. But dang, man. First don't, world problem. Don't you have an iPad? You should have an iPad <laughs> laying around by this
1: time. You do so many of these live videos. Dude, you might it's as well not, just have or use that. your son's iPad or something.
0: Dude, I use this. Every, I'm using this 100. I, I open like... Dude, without that thing like your passwords don't work right my finger password doesn't work so i i've immediately done the math this is going to be 85 hours this year for me to type in my password 800 times a day dude forget it it's like i'm like man oh my life sucks man <laughs> well, why do you keep getting yourself
1: into these situations ah, this, it's like dude, I'm this an is a typical thing for a for a gringo, a typical thing for a gringo to do in Costa Rica is get into these situations. So Every me- single
0: time you have to in order to live the experience. So what, <laughs> what do I need to do different, dude? Tell me what, what a good Tico would do in that situation, man. What would a smart, what's the smart Tico doing no, that, in that situation? What, what would the smart Tico do? Uh, they,
1: they take it up the butt. Everyone <laughs> just has to take it. That's just the way the culture is. There's no way around it. <laughs> they bend over and say, oh, it's laid back culture, you know, whatever. Pura I, I'll Vida, I'll take man. it, no, as, no problem. Yeah, as Phil saying, she's like, Pura yeah, Vida,
0: exactly. man. I, mean, I, I love like, the gringo perspective, though. Molly's like, you need to take him to court. And I'm like, OK, that's a good idea. Let's sink uh, 10,000 hours of my time yeah, and $10,000. <laughs> You know what I did? Oh I, wrote a, I wrote a scathing no, no. Facebook post, man. A scathing post, man. So that's what I did. I, I went on to their page. I was starting to read it
1: before you called me, yeah.
0: Oh, really? You saw it? Good, good, man. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, yeah. I, wrote,
0: I wrote on their page, and I said, hey, man, this is garbage, and, uh, you know, so whatever. They'll be, you know, doesn't even matter. But, you know, this is, poor man, this is life. This is what you got to get used to. So anyway, just so everybody knows, right. we have nobody really on right now, but my buddy Phil's on. But, um. David, just for the podcast listeners out there, David uh, is in computer security, internet security, computer security. Did I say that right, or is it something else, David?
1: You can say whatever you want, bro. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Security. Insecurity.
0: <laughs> he's, in, he's in computer. Insecurity. I'm not going to hold you accountable. Man. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm nobody. Feels like yeah, I'm nobody. No. So, David, I want to talk through David's kind of arc about how he got into uh, security and Internet security and computer security, um, because I think it's really interesting. Like people ask all the time, what are the jobs that I could do from Costa Rica virtually? What can I do if I'm moving down there uh, to actually make a living where I can support myself? Um, And my first recommendation always is if you're from the States, try and keep your job in the States and just do it virtually right that doesn't work if you're a chef right but it could work if you're in customer service or you're certainly if you're in the computer space or or security or something like that that can work right but people honestly it's amazing people don't even know where to begin so i want to begin at the beginning dude you grew up here in costa rica right (laughs) tell you got to tell the fans because they don't know man. they don't know dude where were you born
1: Well, first of all, I mean, you brought up, I mean, remember last time we spoke live, you were like, you know, I, I don't think your mom or so you mentioned my mom and I was like, oh yeah, that's true. I've been trying to convince or try to explain to my mom for the past 15 years, what is it that I do? So when you <laughs> mentioned security, I'm like, okay, yeah, that, that's what I do. But it's, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting how I got into it. I, I didn't, it was kind of just kind of happened. I didn't really look for it or anything. Um. Yeah, and I was, I was born and raised here. My parents are uh, from California. Um, they moved uh, down to Central America as Baha'i pioneers, pioneers um, initially, and they wanted to get away from the 60s and, you know, dr- sex, drugs, rock and roll, the whole 60s era. And, Anybody um, doesn't know what
0: Baha'i is? So Baha'i's they moved to Latin religion. America. Baha'i is a religious faith, right? Right. Well, did you just so call it Baha'i pioneers? Wait, wait, did you say Baha'i pioneers? Did
1: you just Baha- say that, No, Baha'i pioneers. Pi- baha'i pioneers.
0: Baha'i pioneers.
1: Pioneers. Pioneers. Oh, I thought, they go you, off I thought to... you were
0: creating two new words right no, now. No, no, no. Baha'i pioneers. So I tend I like. to do that.
1: I slurp my my but words.
0: I actually together. love bahai <laughs> 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 Dude, can we get the .com on that, David? You and I, man. We could, we could blow that thing up, man. Done. All right. Done so they, so they, they moved down here to get away from the rat race or whatever, start the, the – the peace and love, a little bit of peace and love lifestyle in Costa Rica. I mean, that that's a common yep. theme today, right? I mean, how many people, I'd say probably a quarter of people exactly. who moved down here are looking at, for that today, right? So that hasn't changed much. Exactly. So they were one of the first. Yeah, my dad.
1: To, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, my dad, um, he, I mean, they were both, they, they had barely any money back then, I would imagine. And um, my dad kind of uh started his own business uh, he he was very he's a was a very creative uh engineer and um, so he did pretty much everything he could fix anything he built his own car from scratch when he was like you know thirteen fourteen wow and so he 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 started doing i think he got into water systems or pumping or something like that and slowly made his you know career on his own and on his own job my mom ended up um, going off and working for a private, uh, private schools as a, as a librarian or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a, my sister and I basically were signed up, um, to the, wherever she was working, uh, at a discount. And, sure. and, um, we grew up where we were born here. We grew up here. I feel, uh, you know, I feel Costa Rican because I live my, my time in the U S was minimal compared sure. to, you know, what I've lived here in Costa Rica. But I I have the best of both worlds. You know, I grew up in a American, you know, North American family and had a ton of Costa Rican friends and was involved with Costa Rican schools and the work environment. And
0: so. And what you do after high school, because I think this is a little bit interesting. Um, Tell us a little about your travels and your attempt to be a, a rock star. Go into that a little bit, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just giving David shit. Well, no, I, well, go I, uh, ahead, man. Tell us about it. Tell us what you did after <laughs> after high school, man. I've never heard really the whole story. I've heard bits and pieces I, uh, of it.
1: Right. I ended up doing um, homeschooling for the remaining of the like last four or three years of my high school. And so the idea was to finish uh, homeschooling and go take my uh, uh, GED in mm-hmm. the states.
0: What were your parents thinking? Why were they thinking to do that with you? Why? I mean, to me, that that seems for as a parent, that seems like the craziest thing, like the most torturous uh, thing. But your mom, was he just like (laughs) she was not working at the time? She was like, oh, I'll just teach him at home. I can focus more on him. Is that what your mom was kind of thinking at the time?
1: Somewhat. It was I feel it was more my decision. Like she gave me the option and and asked me if I wanted to do that or go to a public school or whatever. Right. And I decided to, to take that option. And I think that option is what has made me what I am today. And, and I'm able to work from home very efficiently uh-huh. because of that experience. Oh, that's interesting. So I had to, like in my mind, I, I went to, to, I studied my, my by myself and only my testing was being done or supposed to be supervised by a teacher or someone uh, remotely. Right. Um, but I felt that, you know, all my friends were going to school. They were getting their stuff. You know, they were getting the full on education system. They were going to graduate, get amazing jobs and excel. And and here I am, you know, stuck. And I'm, I have the the decision to to take myself through this. And if I don't do it, I'm going to fall behind. I'm going to I'm going yep. to end up on the streets or I'm not going to have you know, I'm not going to be as good as they are, they are or whatever. So is this it was sort of a competitive thing in me that drove me to figure this stuff out. And right. then as I was doing that, I realized that wow, this stuff is amazing. Like math all of a sudden makes sense to me and everything made sense to me in math. And and by the time I re- realized it, I had excelled way beyond my friends in school and everything because I took I took a love and passion for learning. Interesting. And 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 I had the experience independently of driving myself into that
0: yeah, well, that's great. So it, for me, it was, it was an amazing experience.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I think that's... And I that's decided such... to...
0: Yeah, sorry, I was just going to say that, that, uh, that ability of someone to self-motivate, um, man, I mean, right now we have Owens 12, uh, could, uh, to try and get them to self-motivate to do anything other than uh, play video games, I, 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 I'm just banging my head <laughs> against the wall, right? And, but then mm-hmm. I look back at myself, right? And I say, well, what about when I was a kid? And, you know, other than video games for myself, there wasn't a whole lot of self-motivation. Like it had to, for me, it's almost like I learned what you're talking about learning more as an adult, where somebody wasn't there supporting me and it was born out of a necessity, right? You kind of had to do it or you didn't have money to pay for your rent, right? And so you're, that's cool. You kind of had that almost same experience when you were in high school, right? Because it was like you had to do you had to motivate yourself or you wouldn't get through the school. Right. I guess that's what it is.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So, yeah. So I ended <laughs> up leaving when I was 18 to go to the States to, to take these GEDs in Massachusetts and ended up, um, uh, living there for a while. I ended up staying. And my goal was to, I love music and I got into music at an early uh, stage, early age, And, um, but I really wanted to become an uh, 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 an engineer, uh, like a recording engineer. And so my my plan was to go and work in the States and save up enough money to to start uh, some sort of engineering program. Okay. Um, so I left when I was 18. Finished my GED. You know, worked in temp agencies and all over the place, and, and McDonald's. I started off at McDonald's. You know, flipping burgers.
0: All the best. And um, did you wait? Were you really flipping exactly. burgers, or were you the fry guy? Which guy were you, dude? Was I was. That, or you no, did every? You did it all burgers, man. <laughs> Fries,
1: burgers, everything.
0: Man,
1: I remember uh, my my buddy uh, Jesse would come up and visit me, or he came up and visit me. Yeah. And I would close uh, McDonald's at night, late at night, like 12 at midnight, and there was all these leftover, you know, oh. burgers. So I'd make him this Big Mac that was oh, like this dude. size. And then I'd pour <laughs> it out of the big, like, uh, you know, big cups. I'd give him like a huge sundae, and I'd take it out on my bike, and I'd figure out a way. There's pouring snow outside, <laughs> and I'd get to the house. this
0: Massive burger and massive sundae. that's he awesome, was just
1: man. like, oh, my God, he was in paradise.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Man. That is so cool. I, I always say with like with um, those kind of jobs, uh, you know, because the idea that those kind of jobs are meant to be like lifetime employment, uh, those kind of jobs. I mean, for me, tons of those type of jobs where I learned very quickly, I did not want to do this for the rest of my life. Did you have that same sort of experience when you were working at McDonald's like, oh, my God, this sucks so bad that I have to get out of here
1: absolutely and i think everyone has to kind of go through it you gotta you gotta yep. hit rock bottom on every <laughs> at every stage in your life to figure out no oh, no this is not what i want <laughs> i move on yeah that's just yeah, that's absolutely that's just the nature of it all you know yep yeah absolutely yeah
0: so cool um, so you did that now you so, were gonna you wanted to go recording engineer which actually i had a guy on the show a couple of weeks ago actually maybe a month ago but he actually sorry. did that he What's your did your did your TV go on there man? You got it all lit up yeah, for Yeah, no, second. no, my I, I was
1: getting a, a phone call and uh, it cut out so I don't know. <laughs> um, so, have, so I'm actually using your... my iPad and I have I have my when my phone rings, it rings on my iPad too, so I oh interrupted God, the uh, the signal. <laughs>
0: so wait, did you did you did hey, you tech apply man, I'm into tech. Too. You're in tech. Did you apply for like recording uh like schools, because I know there's schools up there. Did you re- did you apply and try to get in, or what happened? Yeah, I ended
1: up going. I ended up going to. I heard about this uh, uh, conservatory of recording arts and sciences in Tempe, Arizona. Okay. I ended up signing up for that, and I took a. Oh man, tech this, dude! I keep getting this call.
0: Turn off your... T- turn I know, I know. I, it, my cell phone's off, but it just keeps... Do you want to Here, text me, uh, the man? Stop, the... stop talking. Don't call me. I'm on there. There you go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. See, this is tough. what happens with too much um, tech, man. Too much tech. I know, man.
1: It's... <laughs> especially when you combine tech and social live
0: media. Oh it's my just, God. It's amazing, dude. It's amazing where I mean, it, it even works. It's only going to get better though. Man. Right. So, so you got in, how long was that? Is that like a, a two year program or something like that?
1: It was uh, only a year program. Um, it was a new conservatory and part of that year, it was actually, it's supposed to be two years. It was one year of actual studying and engineering and then another year of um, of real world uh, like internship oh that 's awesome, so yeah. I ended up finishing that, and I ended up doing a lot of interning at Bearsville Studios up in Woodstock, New York, which is where a ton of recording engineers and, oh, wow. and, and artists you know like dave matthews and and the mighty Mighty Bostons and Cheryl Crow and all these people that you know I admired at that time had done their um, their uh, their recording there it 's like these huge barn they they turned these huge barn into studios. Uh, barns into studios so it's it beautiful cool. like huge like the acoustics in these places were unbelievable um and the idea my idea was to finish studying and come back to costa rica and start my own recording business and um back then the digital age was just kind of slowly yeah. in. what year and, what year was that and what, and what
0: year did you do your uh that,
1: that was year? oh my god that was like 97 98 okay around yeah yeah um mm-hmm. And so still digital, very
0: expensive if you wanted to set oh, up a studio here. Yeah.
1: Crazy. You needed yeah. at least a million dollars back then to, to set up a studio. So it was, yeah. it wasn't, it just was, it was out of the question totally. And I ended up um, going and working for a local company in Costa Rica uh, called a, well Acer, Acer Computers back then. No way. Um, which is now Sykes, which is a major call center and they support all kinds of your products. Yep, but um, I went into—that's how I got into computers—was through Acer. They, they, I went through their training program and learned laptops and desktops really? and troubleshooting, and and they threw me into a call center and started getting all these calls. And you know, I was fixing people's uh, computers remotely problems, yeah. in the states and problems. So that was my the my my introduction to computers. Again, uh,
0: crappy jobs leading the way to good jobs. Oh, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's true, man. Yeah
1: wow yeah and so that that led to um uh, w- and eventually working for a company called digital solutions back then which was a telecom company and they would set up uh complete offices m- mainly for these bookies and sports books that are in costa rica yep and so we would build offices from the ground up and so i learned a lot of stuff through them too you know building cable uh, cabling so networking networking, networking exactly and eventually got tired of it. I, I decided there was it was a point in my life where I needed a change and I went to do service in israel in haifa israel that's that was kind of my break and I went to to do something completely different and I ended up doing that for like three years straight and that that transformed my life uh, from a spiritual moral perspective because right. I got to I meet people from all around the world and see the world from a different perspective. And it really, it, it gave me, it gave me the foundation of who I am today from an engineer perspective, because I apply a lot of those concepts to my engineering and to my work from home and to everything in life. Wait, like what do you mean? Um,
0: Give me an example.
1: So for example, uh, I'm now working for a very large uh, uh, corporate company. And it was bought out by a company that I helped start. and. Um, the first, the first two weeks with the company, they asked me to fly up and, and meet all the, the, the engineers of this corporate company. And I literally, I sat in this room and they had slightly explained to me who these engineers were, but I, I had no, I had no idea of the scope of these engineers. Right. And um they just started going on and I, I i'm at a point in my life where i feel like i i'm pretty knowledgeable about stuff but when i sat in that room i felt this small i, I felt like <laughs> i couldn't believe i couldn't understand anything these people were saying right and i had to stand up in front of them and give a presentation <laughs> and they're going on and on and on and i'm panicking i'm like oh my god what am i going to do you know and and so i I do what I typically do and I've done over the past few years when I'm in that type of situation and in a room with a lot of engineers, I don't know what's going on. I, I, I completely eliminate, eliminate them from my mind and I step back and I look at things from a different perspective and I try to get outside of that room. And I even think of like the universe or something more bigger. And so I can see the Mm -hmm. earth as a small unit and then I, I stay in there for a while and I just kind of meditate and let it let things go and then I come back to myself and I see as I'm seeing things from a more global perspective I can start right. to see what what all the little the, the, the technical engineering aspects of what I need to try to figure out and looking at it from from that perspective I don't need to understand all the details but right. I'm looking at it from another perspective so then I was able to come back into that room and think that way. And I started writing down stuff that I didn't understand and tried to piece it as a, as, okay, what is the true goal of this whole meeting? what is, what is it that we want here? And as I'm doing this, all the, Wait, you're doing this, this during together. the
0: meeting, you're doing this during, during the meeting, meeting. you were during supposed to prepare in my mind. for the meeting, David. David, you can't show up for the meeting not prepared, (laughs) dude. What are you doing? Hey, this is, I'm just coming off fresh off the boat.
1: You know, new purchase. You don't have your PowerPoint ready?
0: Nothing, man.
1: (laughs) Nothing, nothing, man. It was totally improvised. But just that one aspect of me made me understand everything from a different perspective. And it gave me some confidence to stand up and then give my presentation. And everything went smooth. Right. And, and that's worked every single time. Every Anytime time. I'm in the situation, I step myself out. I yep. look at things, even problem solving. That's a major part of problem solving. You sure. step out you look at the whole problem as a whole. Right. And then anything that you don't understand becomes, you know how to fix it immediately when you can see things from a more global perspective. Wow! And I, and I apply that and so you got to anything you got, in life.
0: You got that when you spent time in Israel. What happened over there? Did you eat some magic mushrooms or something? <laughs> What <laughs> kind of crazy stuff? Were you in a drum circle and it hit you in the face? No, 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 not at all.
1: I Come think it's just, just being in a different environment and meeting people and seeing different cultures. And it opens your mind and opens your heart. And it makes you th- see things from a different perspective. And yeah. that's, that's pretty much it. Just like with traveling. You step out and you travel places and your mind just, you know, it just uh, opens. And so I think that was that was my my way of seeing it. I don't know.
0: Interesting, and man.
1: It's helped me and it's, it's, uh, it's carried me through a
0: lot of situations. Dude, this, so. this spiritual engineer, man, here he is, man. This is incredible, dude. It's right. awesome, dude. That's right. <laughs> com, dude. Is that one taken here? Let me see, man. Nice. I know, man. there has gotta be something there. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, so when you were yeah. over there now, tell us about, and I know you were over there. So were you over there working? Or was it just, just doing the stuff with, with Baha'i and, and that sort of thing? Or what were you doing? Yeah, I was doing, you doing?
1: Volunteer, work for the, volunteer work for the Baha'i World Center in, in Haifa, Israel. And okay. my, my job was to schedule all these pilgrims that would come in from all over the world, these groups, schedule groups of like 200 uh, uh, people, um, or yeah, 200 people every uh, few weeks.
0: Sure. And yeah. so I would,
1: you know, schedule a rotation of these groups and and um, get correspondence from all over the world and correspond back and I mean, so something totally different than I was doing. I was yeah, Coming totally. from a very yeah. in, uh, technical background to dealing with you know tons of paper what, and what made, even have wanna, that, what, what
0: made you want to what made you want to make that, that trip and, and do that? You really
1: want to go down that way? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no, I can I was imagine. Going... Well, what I imagine. Let me tell you what I imagine. <laughs> And then I'll, I'll, I'll pretend how old were you at the time?
1: I must've been, that was in 2000. So I was, uh, 20, maybe. Okay.
0: I mean, I would think what I would think was you had a bunch of crap jobs, right? You're working at McDonald's, you're working at call centers, you're doing this stuff. And you're like, you just have like a, what am I doing with my life? Like, am I going to grind like this for 40 years working, you know? 50 hours a week, you know, am I going to do that? That would be, and and then it's like, oh, well, let me go do something completely different that I might enjoy or have fun or have a spiritual awakening or whatever. I mean, was that it? Did I just knock it out of the park, dude, or what? I wish it was, uh, (laughs) I totally (laughs) do. It wasn't that.
1: Tell me what it was. It wasn't that. I, I mean, it was, it was, it was part that, but it, I had a, I had a relationship that drove me into the ground, and oh, so God, a, a woman it, it just man. tore me apart. <laughs> That's right,
0: and does I had to make a change story, in my life. Does every story? From I know a man it's crazy. Have to be, man. It was going great, and then I got mixed up with a woman. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yep. All right. So it was a bad. It was a so, relationship but I'm, gone I'm, bad.
1: Yeah, but. I'm so grateful for those events in my life. (laughs) So grateful because they've taken me to, it made me realize that I needed to make a major change. Yeah. And it it drove me to go to a completely foreign country and and on the other side of the world. And you know,
0: that's the way life is, you know, that's the exciting part of life. Yep. The friction, man, the friction changes, it It creates fire and it does. Uh, magical, magical things, but it hurts, man. Friction hurts. <laughs> so really, so that, that drove, that drove you. So you literally had to leave the country. It was that bad. You were like, I have to go halfway it around that the world. <laughs> Dude, that is yeah. awesome. That, Dude, that is is bad. Awesome. So what was her name? Everybody so we can look it up on Facebook. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So while you were over there, cause man, this is interesting. You brought back in, Uh, The the musical career, which you had started earlier, you got into that quite a bit over there, right? You traveled around and did all sorts of things with music over there while you were there?
1: Yeah, I started early on in music because um, primarily, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of of the group Seals and Crofts from the 70s, a major band. Um they had the hits like uh Summer Breeze and Diamond Girl and all these stuff. Yeah exactly. that, yeah, that one yeah. <laughs> so they they live right in the town next door to where I used to live in Siacolon and no way. they were really good friends of my parents and I grew up with their kids and their kids were really good musicians. So I grew up around that environment, that's kind of what drove me to become an engineer, too, because I was that's in cool. and out of the studio and I was, I was seeing the guy you know, on the console doing his thing and recording and piano. And, you know, it was just I love the environment and yep. I love going to their house and hear, hearing just the guitar. And I, I remember I didn't have any money and I really desperately wanted a guitar and I, I never asked for it. I just really desperately wanted it. And then one day my dad got back from the States He was doing some sort of trip. And my brother Colin had given my dad his old electrical uh, guitar. And when I looked in the old San Jose airport, I climbed up the fence to see where my dad was coming in. I yep. saw him with the, with the guitar in his back and I was like, no way. And I said, I, you know, I was praying that if, if a guitar <laughs> lands on my lap, that was what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And I, I literally, as soon as I got that guitar, I spent hours, you know, yep. five, six, eight hours a day in front of a mirror, looking at my hands and the motions and figuring it all out. Yep. And so that, that that was my inspiration into music and... And yes, I did take that with me to Israel, obviously, and, and there I got to meet a ton of different musicians from a ton of different cultures and different backgrounds, you know, Seychelles, islands, and, and places in Africa, and, you know, all these combination of different, you know, sounds. And, and we ended up recording a, an album there, and, and uh, we ended up going on tour in Spain, and we toured all over Dude, that's uh, awesome, Spain. That's awesome. We're on, you know, television interviews and radio interviews, and and i was the, the for I, i'm not really a singer but i ended up being the forefront of the group because spain was a, primarily in spanish and i was the only one that knew spanish and i'm very shy
0: so, <laughs> so you got voted to go you got voted these, to sing the singer because you could you and, could sing in spanish <laughs> oh
1: my god it was terrible <laughs> that's awesome but uh it was a, it was a good it was a really great experience too to yeah. kind of get out there and be vulnerable and dude i know,
0: I, bet, I bet i was going to say that that just being in front of making that fear, you got to get over your fear, right? Or maybe not get over it, but you exactly, get through it yeah. a bunch of times. You get through it, you get through it, you get through it, you get through it, and suddenly it becomes easier, right? I mean, that is such a big thing. Absolutely. L- literally every person I talk about, I talk to who's been successful on some level, you have to be able to do that. You have to be able to face something you don't want to do, go through it, and then do it again and again and again. And it's just, that's the way it works, right? Um, so, like me on Instagram, yeah. terrifying. I, I hate going on Instagram. Dude, I literally – like I, everybody who doesn't know, Dude. I do I do an Instagram live, right? David, just so everybody knows, is my first my, and number one follower because David was the first person to ever click watch on it, right? So he's my number one, right? And so – but every – I've said this before. Every time I go to – and somewhat to Facebook's too, but Instagram is worse because it's just me, right? Instagram, I can't banter, right? And there's no banter – ah, what am I going to say, right? Um, So I've convinced myself. For me, it's like I just, I I figured out a way to be like, okay, no, look, my Instagram Live, this is just the way I grab like podcast snippets, right? So I can do short little rants and stuff in Instagram Live. But man, every time I go to push that button and go live, man, the fear rises up. It's like I'm in shark infested (laughs) waters, man. It's freaking, (laughs) no, no, no. But I tell you what, now it's like, if I don't, if I don't want to do it, I force myself to do it. I'm like, this is the day we have to do it, because you're scared of doing it today. Mm-hmm. So today we have to do it, and uh, I hate it. But, um, but you know, uh, yeah, you got to get through it. I've told you this before, though. You're very,
1: you're very natural, though. You're, you're <laughs> very, uh, you know, nat- it seems like you're just a natural for it. So, oh, yeah, every- it everybody, everybody says that, dude. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh i found my calling man oh it's so good to find your call that's right especially when it pays exactly zero dollars david it's amazing (laughs) you know it's like you with the guitar right it's the love of your life everybody said dude you want anybody check out i'm gonna put a link to david's you know facebook page you can see david's facebook page or whatever dude a beautiful musician. The dude is beautiful, man. It's beautiful, beautiful songs, beautiful, whatever. <laughs> but that doesn't mean you can make money at it, David. It doesn't mean that, right? That's right. You can be great, but you know? it doesn't. It, there's a very fine line between people who are, are really good at something, especially in music, people who are really good, right. and then people who just are able to click to some, some other level and actually make a living at it, right? Uh, well, I mean, you you've been trying to crack that formula for a
1: while now with your businesses, man. <laughs> I know it. I know it. You've been trying to crack that formula, and Marketing, you know, the whole deal. I've been watching dude, you and you're, you're a smart guy, dude.
0: Dude, it but is. It, you, it, you hit it, the nail just... on the head, dude. You hit the nail. It, you're absolutely right. You're, you're absolutely right, dude. I grind. I try a whole bunch of stuff. We've had businesses that were successful and sold, but like not like wildly, not million dollar businesses, right? They're successful. They, they, they work out. You know, we get paid. It's good. But it's not like it's not multi-billion dollar, you know, million dollar businesses. You know, And we yeah. have there, there is success, but it's actually part of our society. And this is something maybe we could discuss a little bit. Part of our society yeah. now looks at success uh, as um, I saw a thing today, like every the, the belief that one percenter, the belief in the United States of the, the consciousness of the United States when they take a poll, what does a one percenter mean? The average person in America thinks it it means over a million dollars a year in salary. Okay. That's the average person. The reality is a one percenter is like, it's like $400,000 a year. Okay. There's a huge difference (laughs) between a million dollars a year and $400,000 a year. Right. Right. But that perception of what it is, uh, is hard to get out of your mind. Like I, you know, I've sold multiple businesses I've sold properties, I've started multiple businesses, they've run, they've always paid us money, right? But to me, it still doesn't feel like success to some degree, if you know what well, I mean. Let, let me ask you this. I mean, all
1: these businesses that you've ran, mm-hmm. have they been local to Costa Rica or uh, have you, no, have you I've, gone I've, outside?
0: Well, well, no, when I've run businesses, I've ran businesses before I came to Costa Rica. So I had okay. like... Painting companies, lawn, you know, when I'm growing up, I had a lawn maintenance company, you know, um, I had painting companies while I was in college, you know, we used to paint houses.
1: So if you knew what you knew now and were to start a company abroad, how different would it be from the companies that you've started here in Costa Rica?
0: You mean if I was to start a company in the States? Yeah, how would it be different? You would be a lot more profitable. Would you think? Oh, or no? no doubt. Many, many okay. times more profitable. Yeah, no doubt.
1: So yeah. that that's that's kind of where what I feel about Costa Rica is I I've been looking at a lot of different businesses and I feel that there a lot of people are working very hard to make, you know, pretty much uh, the same amount that you would make at a private company. Yeah, like, you know, and the only people that have been really successful are either people that have found a niche that no one else has, and they just have you know t- you know a ton of uh, uh, success uh, at it. Yeah. Success exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, a ton of different businesses run at the same time, but I think the people that have been most successful are the ones that have uh, income from outside coming yeah. into the country. I agree. Um, because of the political situation here because of the cost taxes you know you know you know the whole thing sure. there's a ton of uh, challenges here in Costa Rica yeah. and or possibly other Latin American countries as well yeah um, and people people haven't they the it's like part of the culture to get around these situations they'll you do have whatever to. it takes you exactly you've been through it you have well. to. you've been through the same experience as well and so for me personally, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want yeah. to deal with the, that sort of bureaucracy and crap and po- politics. And um, so, you know, I think about uh, a market like China, you mm-hmm. know, you if you have a product that maybe you can export to China, and, and if you're able to hit in China, just a hundred thousand people in the population, that are, it's a huge country. Sure, You know, you, you're instantly- You're it's already a, it's many a good, times yeah, bigger than exactly. in Costa Rica. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yep, and I've also right. found that just by talking, so I have a friend in China and I called him up one day and I just asked him about different businesses. And just the fact that I made that phone call, it opened up my mind. It made yeah. me realize there's a whole other market out there, you know? Yep. Um, and I've, I've been, I'm, I'm 40 now. And I really want to to go through and and use these 10 years from now to 40 to 50 and try to figure something out. Um, And but I just don't want it to be any sort of business. I'm not looking to become a millionaire, but I I want to do something that's uh, social impacting, that has a change, that makes a difference. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, a business has to have some sort of greater purpose. And and I have to I have to abide by certain principles. I feel that's that's what I feel right now. Sure. And and that's why I've been you know kind of diving in and looking at all these different options. And I realize you know it's not worth starting a company here in Costa Rica. It just isn't worth it. Um, yeah. I, I've just seen too many failures. And you know the other sure. day you know I, I used to take my car to this uh, sh- uh, car wash in Multiplaza, and the place was packed, jam packed all the time with cars. You know going in yep. and out and. And they just randomly closed Just close. It's like, what the hell? You know, so what, what, what is to say that a business is successful or not? You know, I just don't understand. And, uh, you know, it's just
0: crazy. And it's you know, hard, you know man. how frustrating Dude, it I is. know, I know. It exactly. can appear. I mean, you just mentioned in a car wash or whatever. And these guys, you go there all the time. There's always people in the car wash. Always, right? Whether right. I mean they, they, there comes a point I, I try to explain this to people here, like you just you summed it up nicely better than I could. But because the market's so small and the barrier for entry is so hard, meaning the 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 rules and regulations to get up up and running, and then the rules and regulations when you're up and running with with the the labor laws and stuff like that, it's very possible you you start a business like a car wash and you invest you know hundred hundred fifty thousand dollars in it. And you actually, if you're not working in that, like physically working in that business, you actually make no money, right? And that's hard. It's hard to get your brain around. Like um, I, was, I was just talking, you know, I, because of this podcast and talking about business and stuff, I get people call me all the time. Like they'll message me on Facebook and they'll say, hey dude, can I have 10 minutes of your time? I'm thinking about buying a business. Yeah, I, I always say yes. So if anybody's out there and wants to talk, just get on Facebook. Send me a direct message. I will gladly get on the phone with anybody. I was talking with a guy who's thinking about buying a business down here, right? And I won't tell you what it is because it was whatever, but it was a service business in the food space, right? And he says, well, they're showing a good profit and this and that. and this. I said, look, man, the, the, o- almost the best case scenario is you working that job full time and earning a decent wage for your time there. So if you work that job, because he was saying the thing sloughs off, you know, six or seven thousand dollars a month in profit for a small food space. And I was like, I'll tell you what, man, if you work there 50 hours a week and, you know, you know, for for a month and it sloughs off five or six thousand dollars with you working it 50 hours a week, that would be an absolute home run. Like that would be an amazing home run, because I tell you what without even looking at the business, I know there's no way it, there's no way what you're describing to me is sloughing off for the owner five or $6,000 without that person working in the business. It's impossible. I'm like, it's impossible. I've seen a couple business years that, that did that, but it's very clear that they're doing that. Like if you remember over at, um, where was it at, uh, over by Outback, in that mall over there, there was a gelato. Yep. There still is a gelato. I think it's still there, that gelato. Yeah, I remember place. that, yeah. But when that first opened for like a year, that guy killed it. Like that guy murdered the market because there was nobody. There was no right. ice – other than Pops, there were no ice cream shops. There, were, there was no gelatos. His was – it was awesome. It's delicious gelato. And that, there was literally lines out the door, right? Like that, okay. But those are so rare and so right. obvious it was so obvious that within a year and a half, there are you know, 30 gelato places, and I just see he closed one of his locations, right? You know what I'm saying? Right? Yes. It's just everybody sees that this guy's absolutely killing it, and then, poof, everybody comes in, and his margin's all gone, and suddenly he's just struggling to make anything, right? You know? Um, yeah. So I'm with you, dude. Maybe I should not even be thinking about
1: Costa <laughs> Rica. It's no, hard, no, no, no. It is. It is hard. Um, and I think I was I w- I've been very lucky um, when I when I got back from uh, Israel and I started looking for jobs. I, I went to my old boss at Digital Solutions and had lunch with him. He said, hey, there's a there's a new, com- there's, a new there's a guy that I want you to meet, an engineer, and they're they're working on a new problem a, and they're working on on possibly a new business. And so I went and I shook hands with him. ended up being uh, Glenn Lemufasel. Yep. And um, that was my introduction to the first startup. And um, I, I went in there and I, I didn't know a thing about what they were doing or what it was or, and, but I figured they were working there. There was two employees and they were communicating with a consultant in California and they were on different floors and they didn't have anything. you know. So I was like, well, I know how to set up offices. Let me set up a, Central office, and I'll set up a phone system, and I'll get them in the <laughs> same place, and so I kind of was like the administrator of the of that, and I, and I took that role, and I just took ownership of it, and so that was my first like getting my hands wet with a startup, and you know, that's cool, yeah. and, and that's when that's so. What, what business? Led...
0: Explain to the, to everybody's watching what business they were they were in and what they were doing, and why so would Glenn they? And Red 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 another Russell, after that, why would they have hired you, man? Why you? <laughs> and I know, that's the odd part. <laughs>
1: um no Leb, Glenn Lebmuff as soon as I met him, we hit it off. Like, hit it he off. he's yeah. an amazing and funny guy and and um it was just the, the right place, the right time, and I shook his hands right at the yeah. right time and they needed yep. someone and it was just you know, one of those deals. Um he worked for a company, a sports book, and the sports book in this was in two thousand four, they were getting hit by a massive uh, DDoS distributed denial of service attack, and that time is like eight gigs, of something you know, small. Now, compared to now, like, you get you know, tons of bandwidth. But anyways, they were they're were getting attacked, and the there were uh, being um, what's this called? Uh, what's the Name of it? Uh, when you ask for money, Computers. no. When you ask for money, and you're you're trying they were being held money. hostage,
0: basically. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: There's yeah. a word for it, but it just doesn't come in my head. Yeah. Um, the owner of the company was tired of paying these people off, you know? Yeah. And so he's like, I'd rather put this money into a solution. And so he, they wait, went Wait, so to hold, asked, on, hold on
0: one sec, Dave. Can you adjust your uh, phone a little bit? You, you've slipped. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, there we go. So, Is that better? So wait, yeah, that's great. So you were saying that basically these guys were... They owned a sports book, right? And so so Glenn... And whoever else was working in the office there, they were basically providing security for this sportsbook, right? But they were they were they were basically being hit by so much. Um, it's ransom, right? It's ransom or ransomware. So basically, their website. What you're saying is their website would get taken over by some Russians or who knows what. And the Russians would be like, "Well, you got to transfer ten thousand dollars to my account, to, and we'll release the account." Basically, is that what would happen? Right. Basically.
1: Yeah, somewhat. So let me let, let me explain what a distributed denial of service attack is. Maybe that's we'll start there. Do um, I know what it is? I'm Glenn, just, come on, oh, Okay. Yeah. Glenn, I know was, what, was, what it
0: is in a nutshell is it, Your your website gets bombarded by so much traffic that you can't actually yep. service any of your regular customers. So people who want to visit the site can't because your computer's tied up giving out the site to a billion other people at the same time. So it doesn't. You know,
1: you can't exactly, see the site. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's basically like depending the, the only way i can describe it to my mom <laughs> is by saying okay it's it's like you you own a business and you depend on the phone for it and you pick up the phone and all of a sudden you can't use the phone because someone is calling you and hanging you up millions of times a per second that, that's, so that's exactly yeah. that's, that's the way yep yeah. yep um so yeah glenn was the technical person that was providing a, a technical administrator for this company at the time, and the owner was the one that was, says, okay, I'm tired of this, he went off, found a consultant in California, and um, between Glenn and this consultant, they, they said, okay, well, they put their heads together and came up with a solution to, to mitigate the attacks. And th- mine, this is the, these are the first attacks that are happening on the internet. Okay. Globally, no one has heard. No one knows what a distributed denial of service attack is in this time. Wow! Okay. And 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 they came up with a solution. They came up with a solution, and it worked, and it worked really well. And so and and all and there was a ton of we realized there was a ton of these attacks all the time to these bookies all around the world. So right. as soon as they realized there was someone that had a solution, it was it spread like wildfire. I mean, I remember getting calls like you know. Six or eight times a day of people, you know, people calling up. Oh, we heard you have the solution, blah, blah. and so the the business just it started based on that, on just word of mouth. Wow! And I realized we weren't there. Was a solution, but and we had some some uh, people that were kind of demoing it, but there was no paint, no no. We weren't billing anyone. We weren't you know, there was nothing. So I kind of went out. There's no contracts and looked for sure. you know contracts on the internet and tried to figure it, and work something out. And we worked to reword it, you know, with lawyers and, and found a billing system and started like, you know, tracking our customers and billing out. And so we started building this company, building a we business. Yeah. It. Yep. And so it ended up becoming so successful and we ended up growing so fast that we decided to move the business from Costa Rica to the idea was to move it to California. California ended up being very expensive, obviously for tax purposes. So sure. we ended up choosing, choosing uh, Florida as a hub. And we chose Florida as a hub because we wanted to hire more people and um and so I ended up moving to Florida. I'd just recently gotten married and I went with my new wife to, to Florida. And it just it it was it was nonstop, you
0: know. It, it was a, most of the most amazing right? experience. Yeah, yeah to exactly. The moon, man. That's so, like a magical it, it, business. That's like a once in a you know once in a lifetime business. Yeah. And of course, you were half owner of the business, right? So that you did very very. <laughs> <well>. <laughs> now wait, how it, did you? You didn't get a piece of that business at all, did you? Man, so, you, you just so young and startup, dumb, man. Young and dumb. Exactly,
1: man. young yep. and dumb. No contracts, no nothing. Yeah. So it was just like you know, I got yeah, I I got the. Uh, the low end of the bargain, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> David, what but, uh, we're yeah, going to do is give selling... you a free pass <laughs> to
0: Starbucks, man. Unlimited coffee.
1: Hey, but you, those are the, that's what I'm talking about. You have to hit bottom in order to figure stuff out. That's the yep. way of life is, you know, at every yep. stage. And that led to, to where I am now. And, and uh, it, that company ended up selling to a very large corporation for, you know, something ridiculous, like $390 million or something. Yep. And I got like, you know, 10 grand out of it. <laughs> <laughs> for, for like working 10 years. I've been working 10 years and you built the whole, whole thing into
0: it. I love it, dude. I love that, man. Yeah. I love that. It's so yeah, funny. Know, it's it's funny still 10 grand. It's still d- 10 grand. D- dude, I tell you what, you and Glenn, because I knew Glenn when Glenn lived down here, great guy. Dude, I've never seen a guy more comfortable with having lost out on literally $100 million. Like, I, <laughs> like I was like, <laughs> Glenn, why didn't you ever want to pee? I mean, there's no way. The dude, at some point, like when you guys were ready to go to Florida, if you guys had gone to a man like, look, dude, we need 10% each, man, or we're out, he would have been like, here you go, of course. But you, I yeah. mean, the, the lack, both of you guys, I'm so impressed, dude. The lack of bitterness is incredible, dude. Glenn is like so comfortable with it. Like, you know what? I'm glad I didn't have a piece of it because I didn't want the stress of owning it. I'm like, what? Are you? But I mean, this is years ago. I had this conversation, but I I still played in my mind. Nah, he must have been high during. He was time. probably high, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah. That that's one of no. those stories, man. It's one of those stories where you just yeah. wow. You're just too too young. Nope. You don't know the situation. You know. Uh, everybody's yeah. got. you And know, no one had
1: any idea how big that company was going to be. No one right. knew. Right. Yeah. And. uh yeah, we just didn't have that sort of
0: vision back then. That's incredible, yeah. man. Incredible But I mean, look, that that <laughs> yeah. thing, that thing of course has paid off for you in the long term, right? Maybe not in the 100 million dollar mark kind of payoff, but it's paid off for you in the education, you know, you can say, look, I was part of that startup. I mean, all that stuff, right? So that's all good stuff. Yep. So, a- it's yeah. So after it sold Yeah, that's why I... Yeah, go ahead, sorry, go ahead. After what would
1: you say? No, no, go ahead, go ahead.
0: I was saying after it sold. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, uh, no, that, I was just gonna say I've been very uh grateful. That's why you you can't. You just have to be grateful in life for everything. Everything's like kind of a stepping stone to something better. Yeah. Yep. There's. Well, so, if you, so, if you, so, if you sorry, look at it in
0: that way, if not, sometimes it's just you're just working at McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thing. Sometimes you're just working at McDonald's, and it sucks. And you got to try and find a way out man sometimes you got to get find a way out you just got to keep working man keep hitting with the hammer until the wall finally breaks man sometimes it's that that's right but sometimes it is a stepping stone i mean dude obviously you're in that job you went from helping them set up a little network or whatever and then basically i'm sure you and glenn worked together that's where you really got your start in security right i mean that's where you began learning the whole the whole business right
1: yeah, I would I would stand in back of his chair and his laptop and I'd see this screen full of all these weird characters go up and down and like what the hell is that? I was so intrigued and when I was asked to move to Florida, um they had hired someone for my position to run an office there and there's like what do you want to do? You want to join me on my team there or do you want to jump into the technical world? And I've always gone for what scares me the most and like and what challenges me the most. So I was like, "No, I'm I'm definitely going into the technical world. Wow! And I sat by Glenn's side and learned everything I know from Glenn. And it took years of going through and figuring stuff out because you know technology things change so drastically. You know over you know a short period of time. So yep. you have to keep up. And you have to be on top of it. You have to have the experience, especially in security. For sure, With security it was totally new. You know, DDoS attacks were brand new. You know, all these all the stuff that was on it was brand new. No one on the planet. Had a solution for it. No one understood it, and Glenn, you know, just happened to understand a lot of the concepts around it, and put at the peak. he was able to see the global perspective of things and figure out the little nitty gritty stuff that he didn't understand later on. You know, right. That's that's what drove me into learning, and um, very very grateful for that whole
0: experience. Wow. And so then what yeah. after after that? What was the next What was the next step after that? You you guys they got acquired. So, And you stayed around a little while after they got acquired, right?
1: Yeah, they they got acquired by a very large company. And I I, I got a very, an an ugly deal out of that whole thing. They kind of like discarded me and they didn't treat me with importance. And um, I got very frustrated over it. I did nothing, literally nothing for a full year. I was like, you know, I was trying to figure out some way of contributing and, and training and And in the process um, with my coworker, their company ended up, the company that we sold to had a big uh, uh, presence here in Costa Rica. Um, So I was able to go into the company and establish networking with a bunch of engineers here and train them. And they they were all admirers of the whole process that I've been through. And so a lot of those contacts that I established are working for the company that I now am part of uh, today, which, yeah. So, you know, it was a rough year, but I was able to establish all these amazing uh, contacts, which is, you know, priceless and I'm grateful for. And um, I got frustrated and and, uh, a coworker of mine uh, from many years, he ended up leaving the company and joining the startup. And he called me up one day and said, Hey, do you want to come work with us? And he's like, you just say the number, and just get your butt over here i don't care you just tell me what number sit on it for a couple of weeks and just our team. Twenty five thousand
0: a year and an unlimited starbucks <laughs> card that's my price take <laughs> it or right. leave it <laughs> <laughs>
1: right and for me it that decision was tough for me because by then i'd already had kids i was young yep. you know three kids and to make that move into a startup world again was risky. very frightening and yeah. it I, I was very risky. And I, I really, I had to sit on it for two weeks. I yeah. spoke to the CEO of the new company and he, he was like crazy about me. He just wanted me immediately and we immediately hit it off, we bonded immediately. Um, but I had no idea what I was gonna go into, no idea. Sure. And even from the research I was doing, it looked like they had something set up, but I had really no idea. And so I decided to, because of the way I felt during the time at this big company and how they were treating me, I decided, you know, I'm already not happy. So I might as well just jump into something new and see where it takes me and take that risk. And, and the fact that they were willing to pay me a lot more than I was making was a motivating force (laughs) for me. And the fact that,
0: (laughs) yeah, exactly. The fact that it was, and and that that they were willing to pay me much, much more money was a small exactly. part, dude. Yeah, so that exactly. was that. Was and the fact that- Yeah, yeah, go ahead. The fact that what? The fact that I I could
1: leverage what I wanted. So I said, okay, this time coming in, I know it's a startup, I want it all in Britain, and yeah. I want a percentage of the company. Sure, of course. Yeah. And so that that was another major factor yeah. for me to take that, because I, I knew what I was gonna get into. I knew I'd already been through a startup and I knew what was gonna be involved. So yep. I said, if I'm gonna work this hard, it better be worth it, you know? Sure. And- Yeah, really, it, it, took it took worth it if, if
0: it pays off, like it, it could fail, it goes to zero. Yeah, exactly, for a exactly. Job. But if there's a- if But there's I was win, willing to
1: put in yeah. the hard work to make it successful. I knew I was gonna be able to do that. And it was frightening too, because I had no sure. idea what I was going into. And the, what they were asking me for was, much more than I'd ever done before. Yep. Um, so I did it. I jumped into the deep end, and and I realized they had nothing. They had <laughs> nothing. And I, and at that point, Look, just I had an idea dream. An idea
0: Yeah.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so they they had all these contexts, uh, or I had all these had made these relationships over the years with this original startup with customers. And they really love the way I work and and, and, and solve their problems and establish a really good bond. And so a lot of these companies, when they realized I had left, they, they were like, oh, where, where is he going? And oh, well, we need this. We're not happy with this company, this large corporate environment. So let me try this out. So from the get go, from the day one, I was on the phone with potential customers and I was almost like a sales engineer. I went in as a, as a you know, technical lead, for the company right. ended up, you know, bringing on all these sales projects with no commission, obviously, but I was just bringing yeah. them all in and there was no infrastructure at that time. So I was like, I realized there was no infrastructure. So I was like, so that kind of put an added pressure to say, okay, to build, no, I right. got to something the about thing. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. So, and we had this one customer that we had, I, I, I kind of, what I did was I, I grabbed the, original startup. It was very st- similar startup, a similar uh, business, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I grabbed what worked from that business and I discarded everything else. And I left it bare bone and very simple, very efficient. I designed the whole thing to be very efficient. And we, we started building and we got a customer that was under attack. And we were like halfway through the build and this customer really wanted to come on our services. So I, I was, I literally spent, you know, two days at a data center, p- plugging in cables while the customer is under attack, trying to work it out to get it all into place. And that was my motivating force, trying to get this customer up and running and patching all these cables in and doing all this technical work and configuration and getting it all up and running. And it freaking worked. It freaking worked. <laughs> and we got the customer up and running and we we're able to mitigate the tax. And I was like, oh my God, I just did it. I did it. And I did it from scratch and I did it myself. And now wow. let's, let's do this. Let's, Let's explode Blow this and let's build this big and 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 that led to another huge purchase and I'm working for yeah. that company today. So, so you just um, so everybody
0: understands, they got a, you guys got acquired, right? So a sale, yeah. um, an exit as they call it in the valley. Um, but yeah. they acquired the talent, right? So you're the talent, part of the team, right? So you have to work there x number of years or whatever to get your full. Buyout amount, right? That is that how right, that works exactly. Yeah, exactly. So um, they well, also of buying... Congratulations, man! Oh, well, Sef- thank you, thank you. Second successful exit. First exit, ten thousand dollars. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: I really Dude, I love. love that, man. I, I love the startup environment. I really yeah. have enjoyed starting companies from scratch there's just so something about it that's just so exciting and so dude i, I, I still
0: know. remember you you i don't think you were there but i i this was my one of my conversations with glenn because glenn worked here and glenn hadn't moved back so he still lived here he had to move back to california or wherever he is um so they were still here and <clears throat> you know that sale had gone through of of the the company and we're talking about it. And I'm talking about how he didn't, how he got gypped and no money at the exit and all this stuff. He built the, you know, the, was there for the entire run and basically got nothing. And uh, he's explaining a little bit. Of, I mean, I know nothing about internet security, but he's explaining a little bit to me. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, how much would it cost for you to do this? Like to start it because he's like, we need, you know, data centers and blah blah blah, and we need employees and I, you know, this. I'm like, dude, how much would it cost, man? And he's like, I don't know. I, I probably need, you know, a few million to, to like really start it well. And I was like, dude, I can get you a few million dollars. Like, I can do that. I, I don't have it, but I for sure know people, you know, friends of my brother and stuff who are looking for investments. Like, mm-hmm. dude, I can get you the I can get you to do it. If you tell me you can build the same company of what you just did, we can start it up and compete with them and you guys can kick their ass. Let's mm-hmm. do it. And he was like I don't want the headache, man.
1: <laughs> I'm telling well, you, man. He was all about the.
0: A, back, you know. Dude, things, he's all about. High, he, he's was just it. about living the dream, man. He's like yeah. when I see him on Facebook, it's like he's out camping in the woods for two months. Yeah, you know. I mean, he really is. I, I'm, dude, whatever makes that, you happy, too. Do man. Admire. Yeah, what exactly dude, that makes you exactly. happy go for it, man. Go for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. but you know, I me, I'm like you, dude, I, I like the, I, for me, the start is always the best, right? Cause the start, it's mm-hmm. a vision of something, um, something bigger and you might not even know what it's going to be at the end, right? You might, it's just kind of more, it's a fuzzy idea. Um, but then getting the little wins, uh, during the process and the process can be a total grind and a nightmare and stressful and all that sort of stuff um and then the win at the end of course is the magical uh that's magical too but um so so when are when are you and i gonna start up our next startup dude are you are you in
1: for the new uh you gotta do that man (laughs) i'm i'm all for it and i want to sit down and brainstorm ideas but again i'm not i'm not living limiting myself to costa rica no way
0: dude no i mean i want to live here
1: obviously sure
0: (laughs) i want to live here too but yeah the idea you're never gonna you're never gonna uh blow something up like this like you guys just did uh (laughs) focusing on costa rica as your market it's just never going to happen exactly right um well one of the things i'm actually super excited about uh, and i don't know if you're into this at all yet um is this idea of voice and voice controlled um search and alexa and google home are you are you looking at that at all are you thinking about that at all yes is that in your right automation as well i mean the idea for me yeah. is just this idea of um, the phone right now, which is our, you know, personal remote controls. It basically controls our lives. Anything I want to do takes me a couple steps to get in. So if I want to ask Google a question, it's, a couple, it's at least I got to reach for the phone and whatever. But the day's coming, and I, no doubt it's coming, when I just, hey, Google, you know, remind me to call David today at three. Or, you know, stuff like that is, is happening right now. Um, right. And we're still a ways away. I mean, if you've used Siri in the last month, you know we're still a long ways away. At least Apple is. Because right. Siri is a piece of garbage. But we're get, it, it is getting closer, man. It is getting closer. So are you, are you thinking at all about that space, about building something in the kind of voice space?
1: Not the voice space per se. I haven't given that much thought, but automation, yes. Like automation is the way of the future. People are being eliminated. Automation is the key to cutting costs, being more efficient. Uh, and it, and you can apply it to almost every aspect of the business and every aspect of life and every aspect of everything. Right. So, you know, finding automated pro projects or product products is really key and and it kind of excites excites me too to make uh be able to go to a company and say hey i have this product that will make your life this much more efficient and you can cut cost by so so and so amount right um for me that's you know that's the way to go and that's where so, kind of where everyone's going
0: so for kind you so,
1: lot so much room too
0: so so for yeah. you because you're comfortable in that kind of b2b space right you've that's the way your your whole uh, in computer, that's the way you've you've been. It's like B two B, right? Uh, in the security space, so you're comfortable. Actually, I think it's a great like if you're going to build a product, building it for a B two B environment is it's the way to go, right? You make one good sale, and you've you've financed your whole company. So tell yeah. us what the, tell us what that magic to be, I'm, Dave.
1: It's not that I'm comfortable. You know, it's it's uh, security and automation are two different things. too. I mean, there's obviously security within automation yep but it's not so much i don't need to know i don't need to understand the fundamentals of automation i need to know the concept and how to apply it and if i can find the developers for a dime a dozen anywhere nowadays so it's really about coming up with the concepts and and then working your magic to greater greater <laughs> concepts you know figuring out the little details is
0: just you know details well, oh our good friend carlos are you seeing this carlos is like do startups need legal advice <laughs> Wow, there's
1: actually uh, my sister's on. Yeah, man. I don't know if you. There's I mean, they guy. always
0: pop through. Some people get freaked out by seeing everybody join. Yeah, but, you know, Julia
1: Crossley. It's another good friend of mine. Michael Bates. He, Michael Bates, uh, was very successful at selling uh, Microsoft a product, and he made millions off of that. Real? He's, he's watching right now. Right? Michael
0: can finance our next startup, dude. <laughs> there you go.
1: <laughs> he wanted to come and live in Costa Rica too. Just couldn't, was, make the, uh,
0: couldn't make the journey? Well, it's hard to yeah, sell a Microsoft product being in, uh, you know, in Costa Rica, right? <laughs> that I mean, was years ago, though. That was a long time ago. So tell me a I'm little bit sure about, exactly. just, as we're, I, want, I don't want to keep you much longer, but when we wrap up, tell me about what it's like to work virtually. You know, you're working for a co- company that's in the States. What's it like for you on a day-to-day basis? Like what, walk us through your typical day here working virtually when you're working from home. What's, what's it like for you, yeah. So, I mean,
1: going through and doing homeschooling kind of put me in a discipline and, and mood. And so I'm able to very efficiently get work done. And um, typically now with this new company, there's a lot of uh, obviously consolidation between products and services and all kinds of different challenges in, in the process of building this part of this new product that they're building. Yeah. Um, and I was put into a very high position within the company. So there's a lot of politics and bureaucracy that I'm now learning how to deal with. Um, So there's a lot of meetings that I'm dealing with (laughs) for the most part. You know, I, I I was at a point where I was so efficient that I would, you know, the day before I'd look at my calendar and I plan out my whole day. Now I'm at a point where no, screw this. I just wake up and I look at my calendar and I just go with the flow. Right. Um, But but i do i mean the the most of the days spent um in meetings and also organizing myself to to figure out how to push into motion what what needs to be pushed into motion through my group and my, okay. my
0: engineers so right now and you're you're, um, you're spending more time figuring out how to set in motion than actually solving problems and doing like it seems to me like just you saying this like in the past it's just like okay, this has, this is a step to be building in this thing. I got to build this step. Then I got to build the next step. Then I got to build the next. Right. Where now you're yeah. like more of a team and it's like, well, how can I begin moving the team? To in a, a certain direction?
1: extent because we're short on resources. So I'm, I'm still covering a lot of the technical aspects of the issues of the, of the company. Right. Um, until we can build out the team and get, so I'm doing a little both. So I have a lot of, the political and, you know, financial, trying to, try to make financial decisions and all kinds of other stuff and planning out fiscal years and, and then doing the whole technical on-call, you know, and, and working out and solving issues from, you know, customers to, right you know. So I'm, I'm kind of doing it all right now, which is, uh, is uh, can be very frustrating.
0: Have you ever worked um, with a bureaucracy like this? Have you ever worked with the Brock bureaucracy? Is this the first yeah. time you've had to deal with a purely bureaucratic big giant company? No, like the this?
1: first buyouts was a the first buyout was a big large company as well, and okay. they treated me terribly. So I learned a lot from that environment. I learned how to bypass what I needed to bypass to get what I wanted. Gotcha. And this company, thankfully, the group that that bought us is amazing. Like they're super organized, well documented um working as a group really awesome culture uh very honest and straightforward there's a lot of politics obviously don't get me wrong like any large corporate environment but but they they are able to mold it and work it into this blend of balance of culture and i i so i really love that aspect of it okay and i'm learning a lot from it as well and how to deal and how to balance that aspect out but yeah i mean in working from home, I've been doing it for the past 15 years. It's such a natural part of who I am and how I do things. And so I have my own routine. You know, I wake, try to wake up early early morning, go to the gym and come back and try to work these meetings into my schedule and what I, what I need to do. Yep. And, and then the just, the day just flies by. And by the time I realize it's four o'clock, three o'clock in the afternoon. And sometimes I'm with my kids and, you know, something comes up and I have to take it you know, on the go yeah. Um, or I go out for lunch. You know, I I love that flexibility. I love to be able to just do things from wherever at any point in time. Man. Yeah. And uh, I I've been really lucky. I've been very lucky to be able to to work from home. And a lot of the a lot of these companies, there is no need nowadays to. To go in. Oh, of office. course. There's yeah, just yeah. no need. There's Conferencing is like right now, there's these live videos. This, you can do a live conference with yeah. your whole team. And Our team is split up. We have people in Canada. We have people in California. We have people in Seattle. We have people in Florida. People here in Costa Rica. And we just all kind of you know, get together and do these conference calls. And and it works out really well. We're, we're very efficient. We're getting things done. Yep. Um, so there, there is no need nowadays for...
0: I couldn't agree more. I think I think uh, most of these large companies or institutions are just stuck in the idea of the 40 hour work week. Right. And so they feel like I'm paying this person for 40 hours. I want him here because, you know, because I'm paying him. Right. And I think what you get is you get people checking their Facebook all day long. And, you know, of that 40 hours, they might put in 18 hours or 15 hours of work uh but every 15 kind, minutes or, like 50, or zero you know i mean seriously <laughs> or zero, exactly you know i mean that is the, that's the truth of the matter um but it's almost like it's a, as a society we need to face this that the system we've set up is not it's not needed anymore um or, or not needed in most right. cases right uh, if you're working at mcdonald's well you got to be there 40 hours because you got to flip those burgers <laughs> yeah. right but if you're working in yeah, you know on your computer typing, it's either you get your work done or not, and whether it takes you 10 minutes or not, um, you know, that's just the way it is. Um, yeah, you know, I don't think you can change the culture that it's, I think it takes maybe, uh, some maybe, I mean, it's changed a bit, but I think obviously, like people, what you're doing now, well, from a technical standpoint, it wasn't even possible 20 years ago, but just the idea of it, I think you still have to convince people to a large degree that this is will work. Uh, still, yeah. um, for example, I've consulted people who were coming from the states and literally had like a phone service where they're literally answering the phone and making schedules for people, like scheduling right. time and stuff. They're basically a secretary. I mean, to you know, in the old traditional sense, they're taking phone calls and booking stuff literally you could do that from Mars. Like you can do that anywhere in the world. You don't need to be in Wisconsin to do that job, you know, yeah. but convincing that company, that person to convince that company that they could do that from here in Costa Rica, boy, tough road. I mean, it was just really, really at the end. I don't think, I don't think they did convince them. Um, Cause yeah. whoever that owner of that company was wanted to see that person in the chair, because they they could, you know, feel more comfortable that they're getting quality work, you know. But right. it's a new world. I think, you know, I encourage companies to who are trying to do that to do it. You just have to know, you know, it can't just be like, well, we're not really sure what that person does. What that person does has to be very well defined, right? You have right. to know what that person is doing or you actually don't get any work out of people. Obviously, if there's nothing to do, they'll just go watch TV and sleep on the couch, right? But, you know
1: costa rica they're kind of finding that out just just dealing with the traffic and oh yeah and companies are realizing they're no one's getting on time you know they're wasting a, they're,
0: oh my God, a ton that. of money on
1: yeah. so the culture is slowly changing to to being more remote more and more people are working from the house more uh, more throughout the week they're still going into the office but the, at least it's it's ingrained kind of forcefully based yep. on the circumstances and yep. So it's interesting to see where where we're going to be at in a few years.
0: What's your what's your favorite part of Costa Rica? What do you love most about Costa Rica? Oh man, I've traveled all and over. You the world, and you can't say the ladies, dude. You can't say the ladies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Costa Rica is just oh man, it's just such a beautiful country. You just it just you have so many variety of different landscapes and beautiful beaches and active volcanoes. And, and everything's lush, so close, right?
0: And, and it's all so close, right? I know.
1: Everything's just it's just amazing. We're yep. so lucky to be able to live here. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. There's a lot of things I don't like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I won't go into that right now. Could spend hours on that. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, with the tra- you said mention traffic. Dude, with all the, if anybody doesn't know, Costa Rica's been having protests for like the last couple of weeks, right? So there's this the government and the government workers, teachers, and all the unions are battling it out, right? And but people are worried about okay, well, where's the where are the blockades and stuff like this? I'll tell you what, dude, it's been the best traffic ever for the last two weeks. There's been no traffic. It's smooth <laughs> shot right into work every day. It's been amazing. I'm like, please. Stay you know, stay home, man, because it has been wide open. It's like every day Saturday, I, and you just drive in, no I'm problem. I'm waiting for the day where you're on a live Instagram feed,
1: and you're just hitting those brakes on your car, and you're seeing the expression on your face. That's the day. That's why I sign in mainly every day, just to kind of figure out if you're going to run into it, some sort of situation. In the road. So you're telling me you watch my Instagram
0: live to see the traffic. <laughs> i love it dude i love no, it no no you know i love you bro <laughs> dude thanks so much man I, I really appreciate you taking the time man with me tonight i, I learned a lot more yeah, about no you than I knew thank before. you for having awesome i hope some people got some uh i hope people got some tips on on what it's like to work virtually because i think this david's in one of those as i've talked about before just those kind of magical jobs i call it magical because you can literally work from anywhere in the world and um and get well paid. Um, you know, so anybody who wants to get into IT and security, please contact David. <laughs> I'm kidding, man. Do not Sorry. contact David, you can contact nope. me else. <laughs> but um, dude, I appreciate thank it. Thank you so much, so much,
1: man, for the for the time.
0: All right, brother. No, Have thank a good night, you. man. Thanks, dude.
1: Thank you.